Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 119 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration around your business and your money. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to understand the numbers from your business, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, what determines how close you are to complete financial choice, and how to run your business without being in your business. And last week, we had Burke Franklin talking about his business plan templates that fit every business from the startup to the large successful businesses that want to evolve and get additional funding. Today, we have as our guest, Divian Mystery. Divian is a marketing expert for personal brands who want to grow their business using proven, time-tested strategies. After starting his first business at age 14, and now he's 16, uh, he became known as the ticket master at university. He helped clients create six months of income within just three weeks, tripled event ticket sales within 24 hours, and quadrupled event registrations within one month. He raised 5,000 pounds for the Make-A-Wish Foundation at a charity event he hosted with keynote speaker Kevin Green from the TV show, The Secret Millionaire. And Divian, not, you know, I'm sure Kevin's been featured other places, and Divian's been featured in two business books. Divian, welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Rennie. I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with people. Terrific. Well, let's get right to it with some questions. Okay. It's, it sounds like you build websites. Why? Why? That's a great question. I actually built my first website when I was 13 years old, taught myself how to code HTML, JavaScript, PHP, MySQL, and CSS. But that's not the reason why. <laughs> that's just a bit of a history. Um, the reason why is because I actually ran a business where I was a expert myself in that particular business. And we had online courses and masterminds and we did a load of marketing. And one of the things that I realized, I'm quite tech savvy, but I logged into Infusionsoft. Some people call it Confusionsoft. Yes. But I personally love it. I love it. I think it can do a lot of stuff. Um, and the first time I logged in, I was like, I just want to send a broadcast email. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and it took me about half an hour to figure out how to send a broadcast email which I'm tech savvy. So if it took me half an hour, somebody who's not tech savvy, that could have taken them three hours or four hours or a long time. And so I really would have given up long before that. Yes, that's the other thing. And I've also had clients and people I know in the past who said they've literally started crying because they can't figure something out. And, it's, and then someone comes in and does it within a short space of time. So the reason I do what I do is because one thing I very much realize in the last few years is I feel this calling in life to be the helper of helpers. Um, and so I love helping people who help other people as a way of creating a ripple effect. And I, I just happen to be good at technology. So why not help them with the number one challenge that personal brands, experts, speakers, coaches – 
probably struggle with. So why not help them with that? And that's really why I do it because I love helping people and helping people who help people just aids my mission to help people. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. And as you probably know, I donate 100% of the profits from the online work that I do uh, to charities, animal and veteran charities. Tell me about uh, your favorite cause and what they do. Sure. It's definitely, I'd say uh, that my, my favorite cause that I've raised money for in the past is uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it's because they, so that that's the big event that I ran a number of years ago with Kevin Green as a, as a keynote speaker. Mm -hmm. And I actually first heard about this charity when I watched the episode years before that of Kevin Green on The Secret Millionaire. And he, he, his charity was Make-A-Wish Foundation. And, mm -hmm. and I love what they do because they basically help kids and families who where the kids have are terminally ill and they're past the point of actually being able to recover from it and they give them life change, life experiences that they might not have going to disney world if that was their dream or, or 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 something like that where the family definitely wouldn't be able to afford to do that they allow them access uh, they, they give them the, the financial support and not just the financial support but the actual person support you know if your your child is in a wheelchair you might need someone to come with you to help you in that process of taking them around um and and create that uh experience for them and for yourself so when they do pass you've got them wonderful memories and it's i don't know kids generally are very dear to my heart probably because i still am a kid myself but just the thought, you know, I have, I, I do actually have people in my family who like had uh, babies and then they passed away within a very short space mm -hmm. of time of being born. And it's, uh, it takes a toll. Um, but it's nice to think that these people are, are then looked after and able to have memories that they can remember for the rest of their lives, you know, when, when the child is, is no longer there. Yeah. Um, it, I, I can't, I can't even go to what it might be like, because that is so, so tough. And I do remember seeing an episode where a little boy wanted to be a fireman. And, you know, he was five, six, seven years of age. He goes to the fire uh, station. Uh, they actually had equipment manufactured to his size. So he could have a helmet and he could have the, you know, the, the, the firefighting protective uh, clothing. I'm having problems thinking about it. It's just too tough for me to go there. So let me go, move on to an, an easier question. Tell me who are the people you support primarily? I'm going to guess coaches is one of them. Yeah. So I use the word coaches to describe a market base, but it's anybody with a personal brand. So they, maybe they're a coach, they're an expert, they're a speaker, this new term that's come about called thought leader, which uh, wasn't necessarily around before. Um, but them kind of people, people who have a personal brand, it could be a consultant. And the main core thing that I love, the people I love to work with, are the people are making a difference in the world. So e that could be either through what they teach. So they might be teaching about emotional change in some way, shape or form or spiritual, spiritualness, or they encompass that in what they do. So they might teach about money and building wealth, but they encompass being a spiritual or emotional leader within their own lives and, and kind of the way they share 
their knowledge is is encompassing that so spreading good vibes in the world because i think you know one of the reasons that's really important to me is because i've had many people come to me who are like i just want to make more money and i'm like but why yeah like, but what's the point like yes it's great to have an abundance of money of course look you, your brand's called wealth on any income like it, it's about you know it's fine to have lots of money there's nothing wrong with that but if you're just doing it for the sake of doing it or the, for the sake of having a nice car or having a nice and that's the only reason you're doing it that's not my kind of client because i i will celebrate you if you go and buy a bentley or a ferrari great it, that's awesome but you're also doing it you're creating that money you, you're you're in business for a reason not just to make money um and that's really important to me that's, that's super important to me that they're the right kind of people wanting to make a difference yeah and it's it's very similar to the kind of clients i would turn away is you know there's someone that just wants the mansion or the jet or something that's not my gun that's not going to be my kind of client either if if they don't have an intention of being philanthropic i really don't have an interest in them well l let me ask you now what would you say your biggest failure was whether it was personal or business and then what insight did you gain from that so my biggest failure is i set up a, a business in pro in the prop in property where we were uh, we call it property uh, a property business over here in america you might call a real estate agent but it's all the same same mm -hmm. thing so i used a strategy where we would effectively sublet properties and it's a great strategy i started using it when hardly anybody that nobody knew about this strategy when i started mm -hmm. using it now you go to property networking events and you go to even uh, real estate agents over here and they're like that's rent to rent like i'm not doing that like you know so i'm glad i got in when i did but anyway so i started and i started on my own then i started working with a, a business partner and don't get me wrong i want to be i want to be really clear here um he's an awesome guy he's one of my clients now in my business we parted ways in the business we were running so this is not this is just a lack of experience in from both of our parts really so he was a visionary, a big thinker, and I was kind of somebody who was in that kind of, if you know wealth dynamics, he was like a visionary, like a, a creator, and I was a more like a um, star slash supporter. Mm -hmm. I, the I, terms I use for that are visionary and execution master. There we go, visionary and execution master. So I pushed into the execution master zone, but he was responsible for the accounts and the accounting and oh. also doing, <laughs> there we go, there we go, here we go. And also doing new deals. It was great having the conversations to do new deals, but then we did two at the same time and we borrowed money to do these deals and we went 50% over budget on both of them deals. Mm. Um, which meant we ended up needing to borrow more. And from that, something triggered in me to go you know what we need to overhaul the finances and so we did and when we did i i found out our cash flow projection sheet kept coming out wrong by a bigger amount than i was happy with and then we figured out why and in the end it was because there were some things like our advertising spend which is essential you can't run a business without advertising spend especially in that in that world um that weren't allocated so there's a couple of learnings from this. One is do not give accounting to a visionary. <laughs> Full stop. End of story. Right. <laughs> Love him to bits, but not the right person for accounts. And and that was demonstrated in, in uh, we had a bookkeeper and he'd go to the meeting every month and 
one day I decided I'm going to turn up when we did this overhaul. I turned up and he sat across the room from this bookkeeper and she was on zero the accounting software going, what's this for? And he goes, oh, I'll, let me just reconcile that. And then what's this for? Well, I'll just, re and I'm like, dude, we're literally paying her to tell you what you need. Right now we're paying her to tell you what to reconcile. And what's the point in that? Because the list is already there of what you need to, what we pay for. I don't understand. So I, I ended up overholding that process. But so that was the first learning. Visionaries and detail stuff do not go together. So don't try and make that go together. I think the second learning out of that was, um, oh, and, and part of that, further to that learning is, it doesn't matter, even if you have the right person on the numbers, you as the business owner or one of the business owners, even if there's more than two of one of you, need to know your numbers. It doesn't matter who you are in that business. Even if you're not running the number, you could be the salesperson, sales director, owning an owning a equal share of that business. In my opinion, like you should still know the numbers that you need to know. You should still have an overview of the number. You might not know, you know, how much the HR department spent on, you know, uh, paper last year. That's you probably don't know that, but overall, you should know we're roughly bringing in this. We're roughly spending this on. On, on people and that on did et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that was the other learning. And the, 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 the learning that just came to mind actually is when you do back then, I started that business because I wanted to get rich. Because if I got rich, I could buy a nice house, have a nice car, go on lots of nice holidays, have a good looking wife, and I'd be happy. That was the plan. Uh -huh. That was it. You know, yeah, you know? young and external validation. Yes. <laughs> so 22 years old, straight out of university, go on a 12-month mastermind. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Done. Happy. Uh, none of that went to plan. <laughs> Epically went the complete opposite way in the end. But the big learning from that for me was you've got to do things with a purpose. Because... All I did that for really was to make money. And it's okay sometimes to do things to just to make money. But if that's the only thing you're doing and and you're not doing for any purpose and not, you only do it to make money, it will crumble at some point. Yes. Like it will just crumble because when things get tough, which happened, I stuck in there because I'm a stick to it type person. But uh, I, I didn't, I wasn't really trying to like, figure out how to rejig like i was just figuring out how to pay the debt off i wasn't figuring out how to pay the debt off and grow it because i was never there in the first place to because it had a purpose i i used to get these you know i was in charge of maintenance of one of my responsibilities and i know you're in property as well yep. like maintenance i'd get a get get a ticket from the tenants and be like oh here we go again. Like just, just like, and I only worked four hours a week back then, like half a day a week, because I got it down to half a day a week. Yep. And every time there was a ticket, I was like, you just, it's just so, you know, what are you doing to me? Why are you using all my time up with this silly thing? Like someone's put their milk on your shelf, like go and deal with it, whatever, you know, like you're adults. Why'd I have to get involved? But because there was no purpose to it for me. Whereas I've got friends in property where they have deep purpose to it. So then conversations, they're okay for, they're okay with them. They're happy with them. 
they'll do yes. them conversations but i didn't and so for me that was the biggest learning is you got to have purpose because in business things will get tough and when they get tough you have to have that drive to want to continue doing it and get out of the tough spaces have them tough conversations and still keep that love and care and joy for your clients or your tenants or whoever they are <clears throat> i'd say that's probably the biggest learning for me yeah and i want to validate what you're saying divian because through the entire pandemic and we're going two and a half years already i've had a hundred percent of my tenants pay a hundred percent of their rent without exception except for one person and the the uh, state of california came in and covered her rent and then she moved on and it's because the purpose is i provide housing that where people want to live and be happy and they are and they pay me for that and so you're right with that when i get a a ticket that something needs to be done it's taken care of with joy because i'm making my tenants happy and that's a part of my purpose and that's why i didn't lose one dollar of rental income and i don't know too many other landlords in the united states that can say that so i completely agree and validate what you're saying is you need to have a purpose beyond just making the money now let me ask you you know another question and thank you for that one well if people want to get a hold of you and learn more do you have some valuable resource that that you can offer yes i have a guide and i'm going to probably butcher the exact name of it it's, but well I'll, I'll tell you what the website or the the link is that you gave me and it said uh 11strategies.com is that it yeah it's a, there's a specific link for you your guys just ah, so I, yes um, and I, I see that and it looks like it's ren something and rather than trying to get people to write it down while they're driving their car and listening to a podcast yes it will be in the show notes they can click on it and they'll be able to get right to you yes and so just to share what it is it's called the 11 most effective strategies to capture more leads from your website in the next 60 days without spending more on traffic and the reason i created this is because i talk to a lot of people about websites big surprise <laughs> one of the things i find is you know when you start a business most people go what do i need a website yeah and they don't really and tr trust me i've done this myself i've started a business going i need a website i don't have a clue why and i just build one um and and the reality is that it's not an ask a lot of people's websites are not an asset in their business that could be because the way they've designed it it could be because of the words that they've used it could be because of the layout on the flow so many different things and so i'm really i'm really on a mission to help people turn their websites into actual assets things that actually help them grow their business not just something that is on the expense sheet but something that can actually on the sits on the balance sheet as an asset not on the expense sheet as this money goes out every single month and aids them in uh creating more business for themselves. So that's why I created this uh, and I also reserve this exclusively for when I do speaking gigs like or come on to podcast. So it's not something that you can just find on my Facebook page. It's uh reserved exclusively for interviews and speaking gigs that I get. Beautiful. Thank you, Divian. Thank you for being on the show and the value you contributed to my listeners. Thank you. I really enjoyed coming on here and sharing the things I've shared.
Thank you, Divian. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform, and please rate, review, and subscribe. If you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or your money. And if you'd like to see how you can increase your wealth and donate to the causes that touch your heart, please check out our affordable program, Wealth with Purpose. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now. Bye.